Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Stag Roar. This episode is brought to you by our mates at Modern Pirate, 100% carbon neutral. Modern Pirate makes an amazing range of men's grooming products. And if you're one of our Aussie listeners, then you've probably seen them in your quality barber shop. I've used the pomade in their matte clay paste to style what hair I have left. And their charcoal soap is the business. You can get 10% off every order by simply entering the code STAGROAR at checkout. That's lowercase S-T-A-G-R-O-A-R. Look good and support yet another quality Kiwi export that the Aussies are sure to claim as their own. Check them out at modernpirate.com.au. That code again is STAGROAR. Good day and welcome to episode 183 of the STAGROAR. This episode I've got the legend Dave Perry back. That's right. Actually, you've probably seen him on Warfighter. He's resurrected his modelling career. So, yeah, no, it was bloody awesome to sit down with Dave, even though it was digitally. Um, we haven't really had had much conversation of late. Um, Dave's been doing right by himself, which is bloody awesome, and, and focusing on the final things in life. So I'm quite happy to uh, not have had too much to do with them through through the messengers. And um, But, yeah, we've... Uh, Managed to sit down for a good period and, and have a chat and chew the fat on what, what's been a uh, tumultuous year so far. Or, no, not so far, since we last hung out, you know, in the 20, 2020 and then uh, start of this year. And um, some of the awesome things he's got in the pipeline. Um, and, uh, of course, we've committed to going on a bit of a, a mission ourselves, so that'll be bloody awesome. Um, hope you enjoy this. It'll be great to hear from you um, in a positive manner, of course. That's one of the things we talk about. Like, not that I've I've received much grief. Don't don't start now. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's bloody good to get Dave uh, Dave's thoughts and ideas back back out there because he's an absolute champ. Um, consider him a really awesome and close mate, and um, yeah, can't wait to catch up with them in a few weeks and then of course hear about what I'm so jealous of which is a mission into Fiordland but um, yeah enjoy episode 183 with Mr Dave Perry. Kia ora everyone we've got uh, Mr Dave Perry aka Plurality Hunter aka uh, Vanatora Adores aka Christine today <laughs> he's, rock, he's rocking uh, Christine on his laptop which is which is fair enough. Mate, um, it's been near on a year since you and I caught up and we um, went up that beautiful gulch that you'd spied the week before and, and were successful. That was a great evening. What the fuck's been going on, mate? What happened last year? Something happened. I can't really put my finger on it. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, probably a lot's happened, eh? Um, it's probably the first thought. I've, I've been pretty quiet. There's a recent months on the social media, so uh, I don't know. It's a bit, of a bit of a step back from that, and then sort of focus on the finer things. Still, still hunting all the time. Probably not as such, uh, not sharing it as much. I don't think the world see it all. It's kind of doing it on my own, right? Um, yeah, bro. New job, uh, building the house. Heaps of stuff, dude. Heaps of stuff. But uh, yeah, um, hunting. Hunting a lot, still smashing the southern royal henies. Nice. Both sizes, same same place I went with you, and uh, and, and over the Ashurst side. So it's probably 
definitely too many deer around, that's for sure. Um, mm. Anyone's listening who's hunting in those areas definitely get stuck into it because doing a fair bit of damage from what I've seen. But yeah, other than that, right? Been pretty um, stock standard life in the 30 year old male, really. <laughs> Yeah, mate. So you're saying about the Asher side, you got the um the tongs to come come over the track and meet up with you and Fitzy, and, and you know obviously there's a little bit of excitement of what came out of that trip. But just while we're talking on the deer, man, you spotted a few. You weren't there. It was it didn't look like it was too hard to find them, although you were in some precarious places, man. What's with taking yeah, people people through gorges, bro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um well that that area's sort of become. I know, everyone, every bloke says, oh, it's my spot. It's not my fucking spot. You know, it's, sort of, it's, it's definitely a place. It's probably about an hour. For me, it's probably about an hour and a half drive from where I live. And then you kind of only access it by four-wheel drive, so it sort of cuts down how many people can get in there. <laughs> and it, it actually it used to be... I'm trying to give too much detail away, so you know, um, it's sort of, There used to be a hut in there, and it got washed away. So that sort of took away... Um, a slip happened. The opposite side and we we talked down. we talked about this hut in the last episode man so this spot's blown makes it easier yeah on that place so um <laughs> yeah in there right and it's just sometimes it's just like anywhere like hit and miss um i've been in there sometimes been in there by myself and there's like you know sometimes you're bumping like a dozen deer one one time when i was running around everywhere and then um going there the next time and there's no sign. Um, we were just quite fortunate, obviously, with Rosie and Dan. We, um, yeah, seen, sort of seen one, well, sort of a scramble because we were obviously there for kind of another reason, um, as you well know. And uh, yeah, I sort of spotted one down just just above the river. And then, um, yeah, me and Dan sort of were kind of watching it, and Rosie was scrambling sort of with the camera. and he was on the binos and he couldn't quite see it and was sort of it's got quite um because it was we could only see them for a little hole in the canopy on the opposite mm-hmm. side um and then i obviously first thing you know you couldn't it was about 300 meters so i picked up the 303 and i couldn't see anything <laughs> and then so dan i grabbed dan's rifle to look through the scope and then i was sort of lining it up for fitzy mm-hmm. or dan to shoot it and then um but he couldn't see it, and then Dan was sort of arming and arming, and I was just like, and we only had like a little window, so I ended up just like pretty much pulling the trigger. And uh, it's actually the first time in a long time I've shot with a scope, bro. Mm-hmm. It can't, it's, it's actually really, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, yeah, took one down, took took a yearling, good size yearling, good meat. Um, and that was pretty much straight away, like as soon as we walked in there. So we stayed the night on the tops, walked down, and um, yeah, had the meat straight away. And uh, we, yeah, that night we shot down the river, cruised down the river, and we bumped into um, bumped into a hind and a yearling, uh, good 160 meters, I think. Dan, Dan had a crack at the hind. We sort of had it set up so Fitzy was lining up on the yearling, and Dan would hit the hind. Mentality behind it was that if you know you drop the hind, mm-hmm. the yearling won't know what's happened, so you sort of get your second shot off as part of that. Unlike, well, you can do that cold coordinated shooting stuff, but yeah, so we tried that, but I think Dan sort of not sure. Look, it sounded like a hit, like the thud was there. Um, it sort of made the right reaction, um, so you know, it ran straight down the hill. I looked on the camera, it sort of it sort of looked up, but yeah, we couldn't couldn't end up finding it. Didn't see any blood or anything like that, so. 
was a bit unlucky with that, but still a pretty good, as far as overnight hunts go, it was a fucking good, yeah, bloody, really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Have to get you out there soon, bro. Sure. Yeah, I have to come come back down your way. Um, yeah. yeah, bloody Rohini's last weekend there was, there was three deer, but the old the old stag he was sort of in in the river and um, being pre raw, I kind of was like, yeah, I better make sure of it. And you know, in hindsight, he was young, but then also in hindsight, it would have been uh, bloody tasty to have him in the freezer. So you know, a little bit of disappointment with that fella. Um, the hind. She she never really offered a shot. There was only the up the bum one, and, and if you're going to shoot a high, you want you want the meat. You don't want to just, <laughs> just just bloody you know get a tail. Like they did back in the day, and uh, yeah, then the, the the third deer, which I'm pretty sure was a stag, by the stank he had and Missy had made in there. Um, yeah, he was he was well and truly in his territory rather than mine. That was for sure. I was coming up a very steep face, and it started to open out a little bit, and you know, heard the blackbird go off. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a deer here somewhere. And then same thing again and just saw his ass in, just pelting it up the hill through the trees. Eh? There was no chance. So it was good. It was good fun in there in the, in the Awateri. But um, no, uh, no, no um, specific success, if, if that's what you call it. But it's funny you were saying about trying to get Fitzy to look at the deer. The two weeks before when I took um, that guy out for his first first deer hunt and that's my first time taking someone along you know thinking oh, I just blatantly said to him just just so we know I'm not very good at this so if, if <laughs> that's, that's the premise of you coming like <laughs> keep keep your expectations low but shit we had one one deer walk across the track 20 meters in front of us while we we're yakking and it, it disappeared as they as they do in the Kawakas and then the next one, we were walking along the track and I just sort of up the binos and I was like, oh yeah, there's one, have a look at that. Gave him the same, same deal, gave him the binos and he couldn't see it. And I put the scope up, saw it in the scope. I was like, oh yeah, it's there. And then you know, we were on the middle of the track. There's no, no way to have a shot at that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard work when you, when, you, when you see it and then you're like, yeah, it's just, just there in that space. It looks like there should be a deer there. <laughs> think like um i don't know it's, it was probably a lot of it down to especially in that area i've you know i'm in there just all the time so it's like kind of, you get a point where it's like okay i know i know where they are like i know where they hang out and you know you can sort of let guys whoever you're with like whether it's fitzy or rosie or dan say like oh look we're gonna cruise into some native i've hit the deer in here before in this area and i've shot down this part of the river there's all you know this is where dan shot had a crack at that deer like um, with that hind, you know, there'd be about every time prior, like three or three or four times prior to that, there's been deer on the exact same face. So it's just kind of like, uh, yeah, it's just where they are. Um, I think, like, yeah, when you saw, I don't know what it was about. It's taking me ages to get over it, too. It was like um, taking, uh, you, you know, when you say, I'm, you know, I'm not very good at this. So I think you find like you're thinking, you sort of give, give, give yourself a bit of credit, eh? Because, like, like the most experienced hunter could go under an area and then not see anything, and then you could go in there a couple of hours later and then see fucking everything. So, like, <laughs> so it's just hunting, eh? Like, there's some of like skills to differentiate with experience and stuff like that, too. I wouldn't say that you're not very good at hunting, bro. It's funny, it's funny though, like, like it's pretty amazing. I guess it's like teaching someone a drive or teaching somebody anything that you've been um, having to go at for a while, like 
the the things that you think that it just become automatic are like revolutionary to someone and like oh wow i didn't notice that you're like oh yeah i didn't used to notice that either and i was just before i was young and i was listening to tim ferris talk about his nature walks and he sort of started hiring like um biology guides and stuff to take him around and that's what he was sort of saying about like even in your backyard like what are all the trees in your backyard and like most people wouldn't know them i'm looking out at the moment i don't know them all and so that can be a task, like learn a, learn a couple of trees and, you know, learn those palatable species. And then you start to see tracks and trails and you hey, this all starts fitting together, but it's slow and accumulating. How long have you been going into that spot, man? Like you say, now you've sort of run into them a few times in a few different spots and it's kind of like, well, I'll go here, I'll go there. Well, it's, um, more times than I can count, really. Like, it probably, it is definitely like, say I'm going in there again this weekend and I was in mm-hmm. there like, weekend before last that's kind of and i'll probably be in there you know easter being next weekend i might go in there again sort of thing it's uh i don't know it's it's just i think like because obviously i do like it's a bit you know solo sort of stuff have become quite uh it is a real good escape on that side too it's not always just like shooting the animals and stuff like that. it's actually mm-hmm. just like because there's been times i walked in there and just sat there and just watched deer like probably 20 feet away from me in the bush just feeding and i'll just you know i've got a, you know a perfect shot open but just haven't like it's just been a good especially when you've got like a hectic full-time job and they're just having that kind of release so that place has sort of become quite special in there it's funny you mentioned that though, like, i have bumped into other hunters in there uh for like if we bumped into a hunter there on the weekend um and he's an old guy and I've, it's sort of his spot as well because it's the second time of it's quite funny i was in there by myself probably started this year and then they drive into the track and i seen two utes parked up um, just at the at the start of the tracks, so I was like, oh, "Actually, someone's in here." So, and it was sort of coming on last light, and I sort of thought to myself, "Look, there's a place because you start on the tops and you climb down the leatherwood, and then you sort of hit the native, and that's like prime like bush bush stalking. Like it's just real nice native, real you know um, easy kind of undergrowth. You can see like quite clearly, um, and I'd obviously shot a few deer like in that. So, but then I was sort of thought to myself, if I'm thinking that, then you know, does does the next bloke see that, and is he gonna is he gonna shoot me like <laughs> coming in? So, you know, these little, so I'm just like, okay, well, what can I do? Like thinking to myself, oh. well, I sort of looked at my pack, and the only sort of high vis kind of thing I had was my the inside of my puffer jacket. And this isn't January, like it's fucking hot. <laughs> so I fucking put it on, and then I just start boosting down the track like pack on, like rifle, like fucking. Because I'm like, well, if I'm sprinting, they can't shoot me, so. Fucking, I'm just sprinting down the track and then I end up bumping into this old bloke and he's just like, I was actually quite relieved because I could take the fucking puffer jacket off. Hmm. Put that off and then um, <laughs> had a yarn to him and then um, he sort of had a fly camp and he was there, but he was there with, um, it's quite funny, I didn't notice it because I sort of chatted to him for a bit and then I kept heading down the, to the track to the, where, um, sort of where I was going to camp up and then I came the other way, and then uh, I don't know if you see that Matt, that Matt Cleaver. He's the guy on NZ Hunter. He's been on NZ Hunter with his two sons. Yep, yeah, I know you're uh, talking about. Yep. Bump, bumped into him like in the dark. So there's <laughs> two boys. That, uh, yeah. I just see he sort of came up, and there's his torch on because they'd shot a deer on this opposite face, and they were coming up because I could see their headlamps. Um, and then he came up through, and then I sort of I was like, "Hey, fuck, I know you." Like, like, so I had a had a good yarn with him um, and his boys. So yeah, he's um he's a top bloke. So I've bumped in a few guys in there, but other than that, like, there's never really anyone in there. Taking um talking on Calvin. Calvin's on yep. the podcast, he shot deer in there. So um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty fruitful in there. But then other times there's been, been nothing. 
Yeah. Just just letters. Yeah. How how were those how are those clever boys off the camera, man? Did they chew your ear off or? Oh, no, nah, they were good, man. But they, he, I, I mean, Matt's a, Matt's a weapon of a bloke. But he, um, but that is the other plus side to that place. Like, it is quite, you know, it's quite a steep. A lot of guys wouldn't go in because it's a, a sort of an easy walk in. But then if you shoot something, you got to, you know, get back up it. I think it might deter a few people. But he's a, he's a, he's a fit guy, quite humble. Um, you know, and, and his boys, I mean, they weren't really saying much. They were sort of caring. Karen Deere, so they were pretty buggered by the time they got up to where I was. But no, nah, I mean, I think that's definitely a good example of where, for example, if I was a father and I had two sons, that's exactly what I'd be doing. Um, so no, nah, he's, he's, he's a top bloke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's quite cool you bump, bump into guys like the bush because you, know, like, you know you're talking about the same thing and you talk about the, the history of the place. Like uh, the guy I first bumped into, he, the older bloke, he'd been hunting in there for 30 years, eh? So he was telling me about all these secret tracks that lead to headwaters and, you know, where these animals are. And it's sort of just like, because obviously I'd stick to my main routes, but then, um, you know, once he sort of let loose and a few, gave me a few secrets and things like that, uh, yeah, I was just, just like opened up a whole new area of hunting. And, yeah, it's quite cool to bump into him again because he, he didn't recognise, I didn't recognise him, but he recognised the gun. He seen a three hundred three, and then he, he said, oh, mate, Dark. Yeah, so it's good to see him again. He's, he's good, especially guys, old guys like that out solo hunting. Epic, so. Yeah, it's awesome, man. When I when I went into Kaimai's, uh before New Year's, I ran into a fellow that said he'd grown up in the area, and he actually reckoned that a lot had changed in that bush that had sort of come on a lot, sort of developed a lot more, and it was a lot tighter. And um, Ben. Been around New Year's, there was people everywhere, so there there wasn't much sign or deer about, or you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but probably. Talk, talk to Justin, he reckons. What does he say that the deer go hide on the weekends? <laughs> yeah, bro, he's um, oh, I don't know, but he's, he's going to be able to listen to this too, so he's smile on his face. But, but yeah, you know, he, yeah, you can see he, he's got his spot at the back of Waikanae because um, he's like Tower Rules hard. I always feel bad like saying I oh, hunt the Royal Henies because I do feel like. <laughs> Train him a little bit, sons of but he's uh, he's got a spot at the back of where we live here, um, and he's been pretty successful out there, and that's just right on our backyard. So he uh, he definitely knows where they are. Um, and yeah, it's uh, be interesting too because we yeah, we're off to Fiordland on about three weeks for the cool. fourth period. Um, so I'm excited for that. It'd be good to get back out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's too much to do with them, especially with a new job. So yeah, it'd be quite good to have another trip like Southwestland and get stuck into it again. Yeah, I'm glad glad you brought that up. Um, what do you you know? He's doing what bloody Murphs every week. <laughs> what are you, what are you running, running up running up his spot? What are you what are you doing, man? You don't want to be oh, well, uh, don't want to be, be left behind. I still got my uh, yeah. Well, I still obviously hunting every weekend for pack training. Yeah, just just like pack training, and that's all you can really. I don't know, man. I sort of found like a lot of it the last time was, it was weird, but Southwestland was weird. Like, cause we obviously had the lockdown and then like, this is last year. I didn't, I didn't train for it. Um, and then, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like once I was physically, you know, it was, it was ever, there was a physical stress. I mean, the only time I felt physically buggered is when my boots were just fucking <laughs> killing my feet. It was the only pain I felt the whole time. Like the rest of it was kind of, I don't know if it's because like your head's sort of because you're hunting or something like that. I don't know, but I didn't feel 
exhausted or buggered or you know like obviously i did but not uh, not like physically incapable of doing that was with no training so put a bit more effort than this time of course so thing but you know he's um he's definitely full snot at it he's hanging out in his boat probably at the moment yeah (laughs) Uh, very good mate and you said how you've sort of been um almost mia from from the instagram what what's been your sort of tricks and tools to let it be man um i think like i do feel bad because i think a lot of people were quite concerned like they sort of saw that up to me and, you know, I was getting quite a lot of messages and stuff but then I think after the whole tar thing with the, like the tar and then how sort of the hunters kind of somewhat turned on each other I think there was a lot of you know people you'd, you know, I'd find myself in arguments with you know for well-renowned hunters um, and we were all sort of fighting the same fight and I, I just thought I just don't know if like social media was really the right way to like portray you know, I don't think you could get like get your message across properly. Oh, I didn't. I found that anyway. And then, um, yeah, it's got a yeah, a bit down on it, a bit over it, and then sort of probably a bit dependent on it. It's just on it all the time. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, I think definitely changing of the job, changing, got a new job. Definitely hated the last one, so I think you know, like, social media was definitely like my escape. Yeah. So once I got the new job and I was just stuck into that, it was like sweet. I'll just worry about this. Then, and then I sort of realised like how my attitude was changing. I was quite a lot more calm and a lot more into other things, and and then just social media just sort of took a backward step. I've probably been a bit more active lately, due um, to obviously Fitzy and his operation going on. So, um, but yeah, now I'm quite like weary. I just don't get caught up in it. I don't mm-hmm. get, like, if you get a message or you get into an argument or you get hated on or something like that. It's just like oh, fuck it. It's just, in one ear and out the other, and just shrug it off, as opposed to reacting to it like last time and shit like that. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a cool, it's a cool tool. It's definitely. I met a lot of mates. Obviously, I met you, I met you, met Justin, met Dan, Rosie. You know, I think it's definitely got its highlights. But I think when people get too invested in it, it can be very unhealthy mentally. So that's probably Mate, where I made the mistake. So. You've obviously got some interesting followers, eh? Because like even the other, the other day, you know, you're out having a good time with. With Rosie and Dan, and and you know, sh- showing showing a little bit of a sneak peek of of the warfighter gear and, and stuff like that, and then straight away someone throws a jib at you, like, "Fuck it out, get along." <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "Are these are these people serious?" Like, "Fuck it out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh no, it's uh... yeah. They've been waiting. Been, they were waiting for you, man. <laughs> So, maybe there's maybe there's a compliment. Hey, you're giving you're giving somebody a purpose. <laughs> so, so, uh, nah, it's definitely. It's, a, it's just a, it's a weird world. It's a, it's but I think it's a lot better. Like taking, if you look after it properly. Look after yourself. Don't get invested in it. Like, like, then you sort of see the people who are invested, like invest their lives in it, like influences and that sort of shit. So, I don't know. But, yeah, you um, I don't know. Uh, quite healthy actually staying off it things are going quite well in personal life and probably feeling probably physically feeling fucking pretty good training pretty hard um mentally feeling probably even better so just uh, i was always quite a 
quiet sort of guy, I think, quite a quiet demeanor up until probably the last 18 months. And then, yeah, sort of, I don't know, maybe too much, too much of a dopamine hit or something from Instagram just set me off a bit and charged me up. So, I don't know, I kick back, I think. So. Do you think you might have like, you know, obviously you said about the job that that was that wasn't being very fulfilling. You know, you made all those life changes and ended up back in Waikanae. Do you think it was like you said the dopamine hit? That was you put everything else to the side, and that was the small thing that when you when you don't pay attention to it, you think it's harmless. But really, like you said, it was this distraction, this outlet, this this thing that was kind of um, you know creating a little bit of an addiction and filling a space. You know. There's work that, as you talked about last time, there's worse things to be sort of caught up in. But um, yeah, do you think that maybe one year on of, of being in a, in a place that's homely and being around family and, and friends and relationships, that now you're, you're you know, there's, there's more space between that period of your life that was pretty tough? Yeah, man. I, I'd, I'd say, I think I look at my life now, back then, and I was like, holy shit, like, things I've actually done to sort of get, come running out of that black hole like, to where I'm at now with things of work and family and, 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 and sort of, you know, life's sort of gained a bit more momentum and, mm. and the hunting's been, you know, just been getting, learning more and more and getting out and about more and just you know, throwing a few, a lot more challenges at me and myself. Um, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Like it was just a, I think the whole, I feel, I think this probably goes on the same like with my manifestations. I think that was a real, I wasn't, it was like, I, from before then, I was never really into social media. And then I got into it like hard with that. And then I, that was probably like, like some sort of a mental addiction. <laughs> and that was probably like, oh, you know, you get all these, you know, these messages and these DMs and, you know, you feel like you're actually, you know, your life has a purpose again when it's just, it's not like, it's not reality. Like, I was still at the time, like, I was still drinking a lot, like, quite drinking by myself and um, still trying to hide him from reality a lot because uh, I just, uh, I think I enjoyed the world of social media. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like, I mean, I was still, still hunting. Like, it wasn't like I was preaching something that I'm not. I think it was just more, yeah, it was kind of, I don't, I don't think I really liked the reality then and I, kept, and I wasn't really, some of the stuff I was saying in terms of mental health, I don't think I was really looking after myself. I don't actually believe what I was saying. I wasn't practicing what I was preaching in terms of that. Like I was still you know, drinking pretty heavily like by myself. Like, and this is probably to like an abysmal kind of rate. Like, you know, you're talking like sitting down, down the deck having like 12 beers. You know, yeah, sort of thing, so. Um, that all changed. Obviously, can you know, can the beers and um, yeah, took it. Yeah, it's hard to explain how, how much it's all changed in a positive way to now, like properly. Not as mm. to, but I think the last podcast, I sort of, I don't know. I think if I listened to that last podcast, I'd be like, oh fuck, you know, really? That you know, some of the stuff I was saying was like, was it really like that, bro? I, I think, I think, like. <clears throat> like you were saying, saying to me about giving yourself a bit of credit, like you said it there just before, you know, you kind of ran out of that black hole of your life. But things do take time to sort of come around. Like 
like I said, open this up that, you know, it's been a year since we went on that hunt. And and for me, that weekend was just, I can't even put it into words. It was a, it was a complete blur. I don't know what sort of person I was like um, being there with you that weekend because, you know, there was that much stuff going on in my head having, you know, two weeks separated from Alex and being away from Billy and um, having been at my mate's wedding, you know, all, all those sorts of things. And then we just had this still perfect evening interacted with deer and and managed to come back bag some meat for the freezer and then the next week it was into into lockdowns it was just like wow that, that was a year ago um so to for the same thing for you you know it had been sort of four months since we did that first podcast and and when we went hunting at new year's you're sort of saying to me about how it's still a bit of a roller coaster and then went through lockdown and yeah then then the tar stuff and you know you and you and that was straight after you and justin had just been and had you know one something that you'll never ever forget and then to have that that thing sort of threatened to like oh yeah that's potentially the only time you're going to get to do that man like well what that was so significant and now you can tell me that you know think thankfully that hasn't come to fruition but that was you know, if you if you got caught up in the media circus or or the arguments from the different sides, you could easily get pretty doomsday about the whole thing. And and yeah, like to to go from the place you're in to then, you know, just a few months later and, and you know have the odd slip up. I think it's pretty understandable. And like you say, now further on, a couple, you know, a little bit more space in it, you've made so many positive steps that just mean that the life's completely different. Like, don't don't you reckon? Yeah, I reckon, bro. I reckon for sure, man. I think a lot of it too is I, I, I'd get real, especially with the, I suppose the tar thing is a good example because yeah, you're dead right, bro. Like you go on this incredible trip and you just, because uh, I feel like that, you know, when you, like tar are just, not only are they like, I can digest it, bro. Like they're most like, you know, good and magnificent. And like things you can see, and they're always like for some reason, bro. They're always like poking out on a rock, like the fucking Lion King or something. They're always just like some magnificent sort of shedding, bro. And then, um, you know, that hunt, man, we fought like we three days walking. We, we and that was not even like a half of that was like we had to navigate areas that you know we like through like massive rock gardens. And this is like full packs, like pulling up ourselves up over rocks, like it was a, it was a physical, like. And then, and then there was there wasn't even like starting to go up into the Alps. That was like fucking just mm-hmm. two days walking up a river and shit. That was just like it was it was a war. Like and then that, to have that experience with Justin to shoot the tar and then yeah and as you say and then you know carry it out and then I mean it's the head the full I think the, the head mount's ready soon so you know that'll be on the wall and I'll you know I think I'm even uh, I don't know one point I might even weld the barrel up on the three hundred three or something like that and too old and hang it up there underneath it or, but yeah it's just that like that having that taken away like and that was but i think that, that was like resonated with so many different hunters but I, I just think what i don't agree with was like obviously i don't agree with i don't agree with like labor obviously this you know the minister at the time but oh sorry with the greens and um sage and i just as how the hunters the community like and people say we were like going on at social media talking about we were banded together and all this and all that like people were at each other's throats mate like you see for some like they were blaming the tar foundation as a fucking this and that and, you know, 
I was like, how? Yeah, I think for a lot of a lot of people, I remember Calvin like getting just absolutely abused. Like all he was trying to do was tell like tell um, and it fired me up, bro. And I fired fired my Justin and Fitzy up because yeah, I think Calvin shared it. She was, I, had, like, I, had, I had an argument with him too, <laughs> and I saw him I saw him poke up again the other day. That fella, like I was just like, are you still you still angry, mate? Like fuck <laughs> Messaging, bro, and I was like, Oh, mate, we'll, we'll do this. Eh? We'll do a charity boxing match, and then you know, you'll donate five grand to the fucking car foundation. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that one, well, just people like that, man. It was just one example of many people that were, and, and it was all of this like frustration. And a lot of the time, especially for like the hunting guides and their livelihood, so it's understandable. So, I think, yeah, to do with that was definitely like. Especially like, because before that, there was a lot of hunters that I was talking to and they become, you know, we were on a pretty good, good, good talk hunting and then it kind of turned like, oh, bro, you shouldn't be saying this or you don't know this or, and then I'd find myself firing back and I'd be like, fuck up, bro, you don't fucking, and just like, and it's just, it got out of hand and then I just turned into something I probably wasn't and then you pulled the pin for a bit. Yeah, just focused on, Focus on hunting as opposed to just talking about hunting and taking photos of being out hunting. And actually just hunting. Yeah. It's more than more than a lot of these things. So. Yeah, going to the purity of it. And where did, where did fishing come in? Had you done oh, much fishing before? Bro, I oh, fucking suck at fishing. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I don't say I'll nah, I'll probably I've like my casting is just yeah, it's looking pretty good now. My um yeah, I don't know, but I think it's just like I, I definitely need to go because I, I don't know the fly fishing, bro. Was pretty much from um, what I wanted to do over Christmas. I had a mission to go, and I was supposed to take Fitzy. And I ended up having we ended up having work drinks for Christmas, and then I ended up goanna wrestling with my boss. <laughs> it's like it ended up like fucking my knee up. So what's goanna wrestling? Like, is that the thing with the belt? That is with the belt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah, it's in. goanna wrestling. Yeah, yeah, he did. You pull back with a belt, and um, ended up like having something on my knee, and then I couldn't go. Ah. But I'll, the plan was the plan was to like start was to go up back up to Carwicker J, over the tops, down the back ridge, all the way to Roxy Head Hut because I knew I'd been in, I'd flown into Roxy Head with Heli Seeker about a couple of years ago, and I knew there was just trout everywhere. So I was like, sweet, if I can't, I'll hunt morning and day since it's long days. And, uh, as you know, it was like, oh, I'll fly fish during the day. That was the plan. But in, in saying that, like, I still went up to the Mohaka. Um, did a bit of fly fishing up there. No avail. But it's still, I think I, I just need to learn the technical sorts of things. Um, we're probably going with a guide. Yeah. Actually, just like learning the, you know, I can tie the knots, can cast, all that sort of thing. But when it comes to what, what lures and what nymphs and flies and stuff to use, it's kind of, Probably just need a lesson and that, but it's something I'll keep at, and it's quite good around here too because you do have some rivers pretty close by you can shoot up and have a crack as opposed to driving up a couple of hours to go hunting. But definitely, yeah, uh, I'll definitely be doing well. Both of them try and link them together at some stage, fly fishing and hunting. Yeah. Uh, especially like when you're talking about the summer, like their New Year's, what <laughs> climb a mountain and then sleep all day <laughs> and then yeah. climb yeah. climb back down. <laughs> Yeah, just to get squealed at at the bottom golly that was frustrating yeah yeah, yeah. 
man, I, I've still got unfinished business with like the car because I, I've definitely um, sort of had a pretty good luxury over the last year. And then it's probably a lot of some of the social media has been able to hunt in a fair few different places. Like I went up to, been up to Longview, went up to Stanfield, went up to um, Carlton J, went up with you. Some of the some of the western side of the Rohinis and all that sort of thing, obviously down south. So it's it's it's, it's been good. Uh, but yeah, the car workers bro is definitely and seeker is, is something that's that's def, it's unfinished business. Just for that light, how sneaky and cheeky and and, and the country out there. You know. So that, yeah, because that trip that trip over Christmas New Year's was that was my payback or revenge for the car workers to go back and seek it. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Uh, Karma got the better of me or something, so can you know, I'm, I'll definitely go back at some stage for sure. Yeah, very well. I've got a little bit more familiar with with the area slightly, but like like I say, I can start to gen, generally know where they are ish, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I haven't been successful yet. So, you know, crazy the crazy the different native bush, bro. Like the difference between like the Rohanis and Carwick, because right? like Carwick is you just have that thick undergrowth and you're sort of like. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm no. I think if I had a, a preference of what I was, I think I'd be better hunting. It would definitely be red deer, obviously, which is a bit um, behaviour-wise and so. But seeker, I always thought like going off our last time. I just next time I'm just going to climb a tree and just like wait and just see, <laughs> and see down on top of them because fuck, this is like. I remember walking down that track and then walking back on last light back to the hut, and I was just bumping them off the track like they were squealing everywhere and running off. I was like, I bet if I just wait, sure. If they come up behind me, I just need like a good vantage point and just just take a shot in there. Yeah. So. Well, well, two weeks ago we had planned to stay at the McKenna Biv, and there was holes in it. <clears throat> so we were walking up to the McKenna Hut, and again, just like I sort of were at that last trap, and I sort of said, "Oh, to the dude, I, you know, there's often deer around the hut." And <laughs> Sure enough, like we'd just gone past the last trap, so we're within one trap of the hut, and beep <laughs> runs yeah, around yeah. us, runs around us, cuts our wind. It's pitch yeah. black, so you can't see it. We're like, oh, those cheeky buggers. <laughs> yeah, I see. Um, I think I've got to catch up, Rosie, and because they're the same. That's what it's. a good thing I quite you know about having a, a local, you know, having your local area. Because I mean, Rosie and Dan, you know, they you know they have their spot up there too. They mm. do quite well. Rosie's a wealth of knowledge in terms of seeker. She's, um, she's actually what? Yeah, she's got a lot of knowledge on it about like deer in general. Even a lot of shit, especially about reds that I didn't know. So, what was hunting camp like with, with you guys? Like, Fitzy be keen as anything. Uh, Dan's Dan's done some stuff and and picked up a, a lot of knowledge, and then old Rosie's a silent assassin. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, it's um, it was. I, I think it was. Um, yeah, it was it was cool, man. Obviously, Rosie was just she was she didn't take a rifle. She was sort of behind the camera. I think it was um, yeah. Dan was pretty. Uh, he's he's just another bloke. Like their relationship, they they're pretty. It's cool them together. It's, it's actually I think it's, to be fair is probably the definition of really like. And they probably they won't admit it. Like they wouldn't say it, but I think like when what me and Fitzy could see, and we both agreed like they. Definitely put two people to bring the best out of each other. I think so. It's actually really cool to see a relationship like that, especially when you're out hunting. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, uh, really cool with them. So yeah, that, it was it was awesome to get out with them. Finally, it's been a long time coming. 
Um, and yeah, Fitzy's just like, I, for Fitzy, man, like, I, he is, as you probably know, Tal, he's one of the fucking hardest working guys, most dedicated blokes to what he, you know, to, to his brand and his, and his family and that. So I think sometimes he works himself into, you know, works himself into a bit of a, yeah, not a bad headspace, but maybe a bit of stress. There's a lot, you know, he sort of had a lot on the line with what he's doing. So he's always really keen to come out and, um, you know, he'll come out with me. He'll, he'll be hitting me up. You know, so he'll be, he'll be out with me next weekend sort of thing. He just he just loves it now. So it's quite cool because he's he's just really coming into, he's learning a lot about hunting as well. He's obviously a, hunting people. So hunting <laughs> He's he's enjoying it, and it's cool to see you coming out with a mate. And so it's quite cool to see him like sort of learning a few things off, off me or something. You know, like as if I'm passing some you know, knowledge onto him, and he's he's picking it up. And he sort of knows where these animals are too now. Like he knows what's a loop, like where to be, and picking up on the wind and all that kind of stuff. So he's quite patient. Um, so yeah, it's quite cool going with Fitzy. He's good, good hunting buddy. Good yarn too. He's fucking dedicated. You'll 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 hear him talking about wolf fires from fucking. All night long, <laughs> and, of, and of course, he's um re resurrected your modeling career as well. So that, that's that's got to be a good, yeah. good, good mate. I eh? like just chucks well, you in, like, chucks you in front of the camera. Out, <laughs> I was like, I was supposed to. So he's got this, he's got two ranges. One, obviously, there's the uh athletic range, which I was supposed to have like enough. I was pretty much I, in my head, I thought I was just testing the gear, like just testing the outdoor stuff. I was like, I didn't fucking you know photos or anything. Like I sort of just put that whole thing aside, and then what does he do? He fucking rings me up. He's just like, oh, well, no, nah, I mean, I wouldn't see him at the gym or something. Like that. He, was, he was chatting to me about, um, oh, but I got this photo shoot idea. So I was like, oh, yeah, for a few ideas and film, and I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Ended up like doing a photo shoot for him and like some of his athletic gear and doing some stuff, and that sort of like kicked it off again. But at the end of the day, like. He is a fucking, you know, a really good mate of mine, and he's, especially for some tough times in my life, he's he's put you know warfighter down and the side and come come give me a hand. So I sort of owe it to him to help us, you know, in any way I can, if they're, they're as minimal as that might be, to sort of help his brand keep growing. So yeah, yeah it's exciting times for him. He's, he's he's done really well, and yeah, excited to see how he how his sort of life, or yeah, what his vision will turn into because it definitely will I've got every bit of faith in him so yeah, yeah it looks looks bloody nice stuff and again about what was that 10, 10 or so months ago nine nine months ago when i when i saw him and he's showing me the fabrics and all the all the ideas that he had in his head to see it roll out in that short amount of time like far out it looks so nice and and bro you're um if someone's pre-ordering you're gonna there's a chance to you know, maybe take them to the secret little spot. Is that, or you can take them somewhere else? <laughs> I, I think, I, I think I'll, I'll go somewhere else. Like, there's some some spots that I, I know of that are probably a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think you probably want to if you're going to take someone on a hunt like that. You sort of want to, especially if they're not really hunters or something like that. You know, just a little bit more scenery. So maybe you might head up to Hawks Bay or something. Come up your ways, bro, and hit it from the hit it from the north, maybe. But, yeah, man, like the gear, bro. It's I, it's yeah. 
don't know. I don't know what to say. But it, I, I just buy because I, I have I've got like ten pairs of pants, and they're all like the prototypes of the first from like prototype one to you know end product. And I even say like prototype one. I I, I have my bloody you know you have your doubts, and you're like, oh, I know what's this going to be like sort of thing. Man, I you know other than a few very minor things like say that some of the logo would come off like that was just because it was a prototype it was it i would definitely put them up with my mountain pants from sitka like probably mm. i don't i don't even know where my mountain pants are like <laughs> probably find them fucking expensive but like, <laughs> like the warfighter pants man like it literally it'd be interesting to see because i know you you, you rock are you still rocking those first light yeah those I'm, first light i'm um they're starting to get a bit punished, which is which is a bit of a bugger. Like speaking of bloody expensive, I'm like, oh shit. And then I'm like, then I have counted up how many times I've been hunting. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I've been hunting heaps. <laughs> that's, that's why my that's why my pets started to look a bit worse or But yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm straight away started to eye up these, and I can almost justify it. <laughs> yeah, I um, man, like I have to say, dude, like it's it's got yeah, and what he's what he's actually done, like the, the manufacturers and stuff, he, he's got them out, like, he's got these bits of clothing out of places there, you know, like, like I, I won't say the brand in case I get it wrong, but you know, there's a massive brands out there that use these manufacturers and stuff, you know, he's got like the Rico tabs on the jackets. And, mm. like, hey, what, what's that about, the Rico tab? How does that, how's that help people search you? It's, yeah, from my, my understanding, I don't even know if Rico's rolled out in New Zealand yet. I think it's, um, I think it's like an Alaska kind of thing because you have them on the back of the Tonka packs, like the red tabs. Yeah. Um, all the, yeah, the Tonka packs have them. Oh, so they're like, I think they're like, yeah, search for like search and rescue. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite sure the system and how they work, but it's sort of like a, I don't know, I think it would give off some sort of signal, I'm guessing, to, to whoever, like maybe if you're in an avalanche or something like that. So, mm. oh, well, I'll be able, to, be able to get it from the horse's mouth. Hopefully, if he gets a bloody free chance, we, we're going to have a chat, but. You know, yeah, he's uh, he'll deal with definitely, man. He, he's he'll be busy at the moment, but it'll start like once he starts punishing it. I'll pass the pre order, he'll be yeah, yeah, sort of more, more than enough time to catch up with you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible to see, bro, what it's what it's become. Um, you know, you got and it's cool to see when you go into work because I was like, fuck, you know, because it's going back to like taking photos and stuff on Instagram, you know, it's like I've got a new job. And, Last thing I want is my fucking boss putting up a photo of me wearing a fucking modeling photo or something like that. Like, so, <laughs> you know, so a lot of my mates, a lot of the guys at work, like asking about it, like, oh, what's this all about? They're not necessarily hunters, but they're just quite, quite interested in it. Like, you know, mm. what sort of pants like. So it's definitely having an effect on on the market as such, especially with what, you know, what we've got in New Zealand. So exciting times, man, for sure, for the Warfighter Athletic and what he's up to. So, um, Grateful to be proud of it or be, be part of it. Fucking behind the lens or in front of the lens or fucking whatever it is. So. <laughs> creating, creating the creating the setting for for some great footage as well. That you know, content creator. That you could write that on your CV, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I'm dude. I'm still like. Um, I don't know. I want to do the guiding, eh? Like I'm just, I don't know how I want to do it, but I, I really want to be like a hunting guy. So I don't know the free range stuff. I'd, yeah, obviously the free range sort of thing, but just looking at ways to. You know, I still like look at ways of trying to do it, trying to fit it into my, you know, to, to my life now. So, 
Altså, og nej, Yeah, wouldn't even really be a money sort of thing. I eh? just, just to, you know, I'll do, I'll do like, like when I went out with you, bro. Like sort of, when I went out with the same Dan and Rosie, you know, we see a deer and you sort of have that experience. And I say, as you said, if someone's having a rough time and you kind of you know, put put some effort in, and you know, I mean, you know, you still have awesome kind of environment that, that we went, you know, when we went, and, as you say, things going on and your life to, to sort of have that sort of distraction it's, it's quite it's good it's a cool feeling especially when you sort of, if you can when you when you kind of contribute to that somehow mm. so i'm still i'm still the guiding side would is definitely i'm just five years going to figure out how to do it so. yeah have do you do you stay in touch much with andy like see the other prizes going over to have each hunting uh i, I haven't bro. i to be, to be totally fair man i probably need a reply to Um, now I'm only my like quite close mates. I don't really keep too much touch of anyone. Yeah, I don't know. I I do actually. I feel bad because most of the time it's people just ask, you know people just asking up to him. Good attention. So, but yeah, he's um, yeah, he's part of it, bro. Because um, I think yeah, that they, yeah that it was actually Fitzy sort of saved my ass there too actually because I just started this job and I think I was supposed to go with Andy and do like a hunting package for him. Um, yeah. I couldn't go like last minute because I started a new job and I think I had to work the weekend and then I rang up Fitzy the night before and Fitzy being pretty busy sort of think, oh fuck bro, I was like bro, would you be able to go up to Wanganui and go hunting for me because I can't go and he, so he jumped to <coughs> it and that's, that built that relationship with, and it worked out really well for Fitzy now. I mean, actually, it's probably way better off that he went because mm. he, you know, he, he linked up with like Tim Caberman Design and, and you know, he would kill sort of thing going on, so he sort of had inroads to you know, sort of Hunter's Journal. So it's a good connection for someone like Fitzy, and obviously with Kitch, um, helping him out with um, you know, with this package too, that'll that'll you know, boost a lot of following, especially in the hunting arena. So it's definitely, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm glad I'm, I'm would have been a lot more beneficial for him than looking at me going. So, yeah, you get. Kitch was messaging me and I was the same. I was, you know, like you said, it was sort of midweek and I was like, oh, mate, I'm, I'm going to you where you are and you're going down to Wanganui. And yeah, like it would have been, it would have been awesome to actually be along there with, with like you say, Tim was on that and he got his first fellow and he wrote about it in the Hunter's, Hunter's Journal. And it was like, again, for him, it was a pretty special, special moment. Like, you know, you spoke about before, that's one of the awesome things about guiding is being part of those special moments. And yeah, I'd, I don't know what's um what's going to happen with the Oldman OE boys. Hopefully they'll be able to get get back into business and back doing yeah. their thing. Um, but far out the old the old guiding thing for a little while was a bit messed up. I was having to have a yarn to Joe, um, not Edlington, Joe Flurity, but he sort of said, yeah. <laughs> I'd, "I'd rather see, I'd rather talk about it in hindsight because we don't we don't really know what." what's going to happen and we don't want to predict you know what might happen which so geez you got to yeah. you got to feel for the guys eh yeah bro that, and that and like it's just deaf. i mean old um joe edlinton's man he's I, you know just, I, he's another guy i need to speak to too because i usually speak to him all the time but he's um god oh, bro, there's youtube stuff eh? it's just like it's like oh man can't keep my eyes off i watch the same thing like twice <laughs> You've been watching the fishing, the, the no barb yeah, fishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's crazy, bro. But he's um, on top of them, like you feel for his guys like, because yeah, they're good buggers as well. Like they're actually like real genuine dudes, and 
Um, obviously, the gliding stuff is pretty hard. But yeah, I mean, funny you should say that, bro, because I um, I had that, when they lined, they rigged up their Scottish. Um, this when you go to Scotland. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um, I jumped on that. Eh? I was like, oh man, awesome, bro. Like, yeah, that sounds that sounds neat. And then, um, yeah, obviously that fell through. So. <laughs> That's what like guiding around the fucking guiding hunt, hunting guide around the world is sort of wherever you are, be pretty be pretty tough at the moment. So hopefully uh, for the sake of those boys it gets better. <clears throat> I think I'm just doing more part time guide like yeah, I, I don't know, just go go up in the rural heenies or Weekend Warrior. Yeah, yeah, that's it, bro. That's it. So, I don't know. I don't know if I'm as uh hard out as, as those boys, but yeah, it all works out for the mate, for sure. Yeah, like there's some really exciting outfitters around the country that are doing awesome things, and man, I just I just want them to see uh, want to see them do well. And but when there's no tourists, you're like far out. This ain't it's not for you. <laughs> yeah, I um, it's like when we, yeah, you can see like yeah from the with the taco and stuff, you could see it was. Like, because we obviously, Justin went down just after COVID uh, down to the West Coast and it was real um, empty, like Fox Glacier, you know, just uh, French Joseph was just empty, like just ghost towns. Um, only people there were like the tar colours and, like the, and, the, and the farmer and the locals and that. So like, the only people putting money into the West Coast economy at that time was the tar hunters because they were down mm. for the ballot. And, um, yeah, so you could see like, yeah, the, the, you, you could, the, you could, yeah, the tar, the whole tar cull from so many angles was like, well, I suppose like from a conservation wise, and, and, and actually, you know, when you've been down there, there was way too many tar. Like, there was way, like, you were, they were just running around and, you know, pretty willy nilly and not really contained too well. So I think probably hunters might have failed. Well, I don't know, because like, in saying that, like, a lot of places in that area I found you couldn't really get to it's, well, yeah, it's for obvious reasons but you know like uh if you're ground hunting you're very limited to what you can get to so you're limited to what you can shoot and then some of the helicopter stuff like you can't land obviously the wilderness zones and stuff like that so it was, it was quite hard for, for hunters to you know, especially ground hunting to contain any sort of task obviously without bombing any so I don't know maybe you know there's a double-edged sword there where just kind of failed to leading up on their taco but uh, we actually bumped into a going back to the guiding like we bumped into um a guy in castle flats hut before we went in on the first night we, we walked in for about six hours and we bumped into him and he was a guide and he, he, i don't know i think if, if i had like if i could put my life like i think definitely be him he had this uh singaporean missus who lived in singapore and she was just like this rich just i don't know she just she i think she was the, the money maker and uh he was just running around the West Coast, like, <laughs> like um, yeah, chatting, chatting to him about the, um, the guiding stuff and, and all that. He, he was really like, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's a, it, it can be sort of two things. Like, if you're, you're always watching people hunt and it gets to a point where, because I, I, I explained in my view, like I've said that, you know, I enjoy the, 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 you know, the satisfaction of seeing someone being there when they shoot an animal or they're just out there or something like that. Where, he sort of said that you know, that can wear off after a while and then you sort of like become the opposite was like frustration where you see another hunter like maybe not respecting an animal as much as they should or you know sort of treating it like a 
and I just not not treating it with the sort of respect it deserves. So I don't know, but you know, the outfitters and guides and stuff must have been pretty, uh, pretty pretty hard to uh, you know, yeah. Hard time, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny um, listening to you trying to talk talk about your experience on the west coast and try to take a ten thousand foot view of you know tar and conservation. That sort of leads back into what you were saying at the start about how it just became too difficult to communicate your thoughts about the tar cull through social media because it was too snippety. You know, you know, you got fourteen seconds to say something, or you've got a post that you know people read halfway through and give up on. And so they assume they assume that you mean something, but then you go, no, no, read, read, read a bit further down in the in the three hundred page essay I wrote about this, or yeah, the three yeah, hour yeah. three hour conversation I've had today, um, <laughs> and uh, and then you'll get that we're actually on the same page, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there was that was the problem, wasn't it? There was there was no way no way of um, of communicating it, and you know the news was giving you a, a quick snippet and flash, flash, flash. Here's some pictures of of tar, and here's some. Ha- people that are upset about it and um yeah that's the news <laughs> back, yeah, to, back to COVID it's, it's just, I think and you've always find yourself second guessing it too like I did like I'd post something and I'm like oh fuck it. you reread it and you're like oh did I say that wrong and then like did I word it wrong or did I fucking and then you're just like looking back on it eh, like, it's not social media it's just like probably not the best outlet for me personally to be talking about things like tar colors and that sort of shit so uh, yeah, it's um, but in saying that, bro, it sounds like there's still obviously they they bombed a few over, so there's still plenty down there, which is good. So enough for when you when you decide to come rocking down in June. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, God, I'm, I'm chasing balls. Yeah, I'm supposed to go visit a uh, new niece at the end of August or start of August or something, but um, yeah, might might see if I can just sort of make that a two week ordeal and you know off. Offload the family and then go, go into the into uh, up the require or something. <laughs> see if yeah. I can't see if I can't find one. Hopefully, someone like um, Francisco is still down there. I think he'll he will have worked worked the place out by August. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, well, I think he is. Why? Well, I don't know if he's down there because I think Justin was saying something about going out for him. Yep. Um, down in June, so yeah, I'm sure he was. He seems like quite a cool bloke. Eh? Like he's pretty funny. He like. He's the stuff of like Caden Willis and that. So. <laughs> yeah, he's making all the friends, eh? Caden, Patty, um, is a Brad, which is why he's just like Adventure Dad, Outdoor Adventure Dad, or something like that. Yeah, he's doing good. Making men the locals. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, because I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully the. Be interesting to the new, the new conservation minister. She seems pretty. She's pretty savvy, eh? she's pretty cool. And yeah. Justin said some with um, Tara Wild Foundation, and she seems quite positive and quite you know all about it and very reasonable. So let's see if they uh let's see with her if she comes up with this. Huh? Yeah, hope, hopefully they you know, it seems it seems very much like they've gone for the funding boots on the ground type aspect, but um you'll obviously see with the with the true colours, not necessarily for her, but from the um, from the party and in the conservation portfolio, where that that comes with this deer management plan. So it's been all positive from you know Seeker, Wapiti, 
Game Animal Council deer stalkers. So hopefully, hopefully that's being heard at the table, and and that's what we get. But yeah, there is light. As people will tell you throughout the country, don't hold your breath when it comes to Department of Conservation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting, but one thing is true though, dude. It does seem like there's way too many deer, especially where I go. Like you just see the you can you can actually see the probably the damage in the undergrowth that is happening, and they they sort of are clearing that place out. So always encouraging guys to. I always say like. You know, people talk about spots, but I do tell people to go in there. I think it was quite a rewarding feeling too, bro, that you mentioned. I, I, I um, caught up with, I got a message after my last podcast with you, uh, yeah, about a year ago. I got a message from a bloke I went to school, and there's an avid listener of your um, Stash Walk, Stag Raw, and um, he, he hit me up. He's like, hey, bro, um, he lives in Wellington. Hey bro, can I can I go to the Tower Rules? Uh, do you have any spots in Tower Rules to go um, just for a day mission kind of thing? And I sort of, I think at the time he sort of wanted to go. They were contemplating bombing it with 1080. I mm-hmm. think it might have been, and I, I don't think they did in the end. But I told him that I said, no, nah, well, that area is getting bombed with 1080 like next week. But if you go to this area, which was the area I went with you, um, I said, well, been in there. There's always been deer in there. Yeah, so he ended up going up there, walking up that same creek bed, and then I was I was with Fitzy, and we were up um, the Ashurst side. We were on the on the opposite side of where he was, where we were. And then yeah, got up the top, got reception, eh? and then he yeah, shot a couple of deer. So I was um, yeah, it was cool. It's, you know, you sort of quite, it's quite good to put guys onto onto animals and all that sort of thing. So it's, uh, another rewarding aspect of social media is you know linking yourselves up with wild wolf mates. It was uh, another rewarding feeling, feeling alongside actually being there with, uh, with mates to shoot animals. Just keep, yeah. keep the, you know, pass, pass the old spots around. And in the day, no one's a public landowner, so. Well, we all are. We are all public yeah. landowners. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. So, mate, you got you got Fiordland in a couple of weeks. That's going to be massive. Have, have you set your horizons much further than that, or? It's sort of um I will bro. I think um I'll probably go back to the west coast. I'll probably shoot a sh- well, I'll try and get a sham this time. Uh, yeah, there's still there's still like the main missions around the I still got another hunt with Gal Fitzy for Warfighter. Um take someone up there yeah, looking probably northern Rohini's, get up in the ranges for five days up there, get a big route. Probably a similar route to what Willie and Yeah. Greg did um, on that second episode, maybe something like that. I know the sort of I've been I've been up that area before and it's pretty fruitful, but you know you sort of go in there in the winter, you run the risk of the weather windows. So we'll see how we go. But yeah, Fieldland's the main one at the moment, though. That'll be a once in, you know lifetime experience as well. Um, I've taken taken the old log of waters, so the entrance with that will be pretty pretty special. But we'll see how we go. But I think just the experience itself will be pretty good in Fieldland. You know, didn't 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 rust up too bad after its swim. Right, didn't it's it's, it's a weapon, eh? Like, it's, I feel um, yeah, it's just a. Uh, it's funny when I shot, obviously shot with Dan's rifle, the scope, and I was like, holy shit! Like, this is just like a feather. Like, this thing is just so like, well, mine is just heavy. It's like, <laughs> still like a lot of sentimental. I think the mentality with that was changed. I think at the time when I first started using it, it was like. Just try something, try a new challenge, and then 
sort of the more I got to know the rifle and it's kind of where it came from and, and what it was all about, it was sort of changed to more of like maybe kind of hanging on to a memory a little bit. Because yeah. guys would ask me about like, oh, you know, where did the rifle come from? What service? It's like, you know, it's a, it was it served in um, you know the Japanese theater, the Second World War. It was that's where the serial numbers traced to. Um, and then you can, you know, then you find out. And it sort of did interest me for a lot because I'd, you know, chase up the units that it was it was in with. Um, so you can actually sort of explain, especially in the day and age now, where guys, where people don't know you know, the full story about things like Anzac Day and what it kind of means. Is you kind of use the rifle to tell a bit more of the story and yeah, a bit of a sentimental thing to bit of a remembrance and sort of brings that idea back into the head. And, Nah, but it's a it's a hell of a rifle. <laughs> when um I got a, I got a bit of stick for putting it underwater. Um, yeah, last time I went for a bit of a swim with a deer on my back and we kind of we're walking down. Well, we, I we'd shot that one and I was walking back down the river and then um, obviously Rosie, Dan, and Fitzy could kind of maneuver themselves a bit better and. One thing I thought would be like, yeah, bush bashing with a deer on your back's never very fun. So I was like, I'll just sort of clamber down the river and it's kind of already wet and then sort of got to this point where it was kind of impassable and quite deep. So I didn't, I didn't realize how deep it was. And then I got in there and then, oh shit, it's over my head. <laughs> the cavity of the, the deer is filling up too, water. So it's kind of like, like it's kind of a struggle to, you know, you got to get out of the pool pretty quick. But I had the rifle and I was, once the deer was kind of pulling me under, I kind of couldn't get the rifle above the water. So I ended up just like sort of swimming with it. And then, um, yeah, I think Rosie and Fitzy and that had videoed it and um, I could, yeah, posted it on the Warfighter page. So there's like, what, 50, 70,000 followers or something. So fuck, people were just giving me a bit of stick to that. But I always say to them, like, you know, fuck, mate, this thing's survived the muds of the Kokoda Trail and, uh, you know, just, you know, the sands of, out of Main and I'm sure it'll be all right with a little bit of fresh you know, water for it, oil and after it. But, so, you know, it's a, it's a good old thing and I'll, step, I'll definitely keep shooting it until, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, probably for the foreseeable future anyway. Keep using it. That's bloody cool. It's awesome to talk about the, the history of it. I had this patient the other day drop off, drop off a book for me. It's called like, dust off for Willie Peters and the amount of people that have seen me reading it and messaged me being like that book is freaking insane um old uh Paul Michael said he's like that's that's my favorite hunting book I've ever read and yeah I'm I'm reading through it and the the, the dude the, the dude's dad was in the first world war and then so they talk, talk a little bit about that and they they're talking about the second world war and what was going on with with the high country stations and stuff and and all the, the deer numbers coming up after that second world war and then now it's just about to start talking about korea and then obviously the main thing with dust off is to do with um vietnam so yeah yeah I'm, i think i'm up to about chapter five now and it's, it's freaking cool and just gives you a little bit of context and you know living in this area and, and sort of seeing all those familiar names and more, moreover over your side up towards um the central plateau and and Taipei and, and stuff like that but yes it's pretty pretty cool and and it gives you a better understanding of, of the of the places that you visit um something that i talked about with sam gibson was, was sort of you know areas if you can know the co of something it just becomes more meaningful and 
yeah, it's a, yeah. It, it's pretty cool. And that's the same with what you were just talking about there with your rifle. It's like it's it's got co papa. It's got a spirit to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, um, nah, it is, uh, and it's it's the, it's the saddest. Like you sort of you come, especially when you you know you're fighting up through the west coast, <laughs> fighting up these fucking logging this thing around, and it's like you see sort of Justin's on it. It's kind of a fucking he's got like a pistol. Um, you know the, the, how light, how sort of light it is, and kind of, and then you sort of, and these things are like, fuck. And the moment that you're like, what the fuck am I claiming this fucking deal? But they're like, you finish it all up, and then it's there with you, and you've just like, you've carried it, like it's a, it's a heavy beast, like it's fully wooded, it's fully you know ten round magazine. It's um, it's it's not a light little get, especially when you're like carrying it for bloody. Well, carrying it in one end because the sling's like shit because the magazine's like fucking digging into your back so you can't sling it across your body really you have to sling it over your shoulder so you're trying to do that and then cut away with an ice axe and then with the other hand it's sort of quite awkward but you know you're coming away with it at the end and you're saying like oh, it wasn't just the, the sort of mentality changes what, you, what you've achieved kind of carrying that rifle and it isn't like a marker yeah I, I do believe in the respect of it like I People say, oh, you put it underwater and shit like that. I, I was definitely like, well, as soon as I was home, it was like oil cleaned, you know, just broke, yeah, broken down and, and all that sort of thing. So it's just, that it is my absolute, you know, it's, it's probably my greatest, greatest asset, I think. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, and, and probably the journey that, you know, it's probably going a bit more spiritual with it, the journey that me and, me and that rifle have had, you know, everything I've spoken about with the times of feeling a bit down and, um, you know, and I've had to you know, go out in the real handies by myself. You know, that rifle's come with me. It's, uh, it's put deer down, you know, it's it's put some long range shots down and it's, it's you know, two up at Longview. I mean, there was a 200 meter shot and fucking gale force winds behind and um, you know, some, a lot of the bush, it's just the best for, in terms of bush, you know, bush hunting, bush stalking, it's the best rifle you can have. You can align to your target so quickly. Um, it's got the, it's got some punching power, like the, the ammunition. It's um, you know, it's, you know, getting relatively accurate now, out to like three hundred. So um, the rifle, it's just it's it's become like it's felt weird. Like it did feel like oh, you know, I like you freaking cheating on your missus or something when I shot Dan's rifle. Sort of like oh, it's sort of lying. It sort of like fuck. I did feel feel quite bad, but um, it was um. Yeah, it's just become such a yeah, special piece of my life. I think just not. It's not to me. It's not just a rifle. Like it's a yeah, it's a, it's a you know, time for when it's yeah, as I said, time times are tough and things like that. It's it's, it's kind of been there. It's, it's definitely helped me become a lot mentally stronger, lugging that thing around and um, probably more disciplined in terms of using it. Uh, and yeah, just. Uh, I think, I think if anyone ever stole it, I'd be pretty pretty gutted. So, yeah. Brilliant, mate. Well, you're starting to fade away into the darkness here, bro. So, <laughs> oh, oh, you got to the light on. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll wrap we'll wrap it up. But mate, um. What's uh, 
what what would you say the the significance of of um sort of getting back back to things again you know having a face out there again and, and what's your mindset now and, and how do you sort of see see life um, these days i don't think probably something Ann Middleton says is don't let anyone justify who you are yeah uh, so why yeah just pretty much pretty much what i'd say is work on the work on the finer things work on the things that really matter and then then you'll find you realize all the shit that didn't really matter nice i think i i think i wrote it the other day it was like concentrating on the things that matter makes you realize the things that don't yeah that's cool man yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, for sure man just worry about worry about what fucking you're up to don't worry about every other every other fuckers up to so come right in sweet brother this has been good to have a catch up and you know even though it's digital it's been bloody awesome mate and and yeah i'll have to have to come over to your side of the rohinis and um we'll go for a wander come see that come uh check out this spot anytime man you come anytime bro more than happy day sweet i'll press stop don't let others define you Hips are bloody lily. And if they do want to define you, that's on them. That's actually about them. Um, that's their thought. That's their, uh, that's their interpretation. We, I guess it go, kind of goes with being being true to yourself and committed to the, to the things that you stand for. As I said, I, I wrote something similar down the other day. And um, you're focusing on what matters allows the uh, difficult decisions to become easy. It's a beauty of finding in journaling, eh? And looking up those quotes and jotting down a few things each day about what I'm grateful for. Shit, not that I did it today. <laughs> How ironic. Um, and then what I'd love to be grateful for in the future and just really writing down what, what it means to be me, what, what I, so affirming what it is that I'm about. That's the, those are the three things I write down. I've, I've written about it on my blog, of course, on the blog, right? Finally got out um, my thoughts behind, speaking of big year, my thoughts behind the process of training for that ultra I finally was able to to get coherently out what those six to eight months were all about. Um, they were massive. It was. I said this to someone the other day. I said, um, actually, it was on the post I put on Instagram that writing about that experience was a bit like the training. The training was so hard and so difficult. But the race took care of itself. And for me to now sit down and, and write about the process of the race, uh, I think it's going to be simple. But trying to write what went into preparing for that, um, it took me since I got back from the race mid-January and I started and I pinned that out. I started pinning it out. And it's taken me till just this weekend being to get it across and get it coherently written. And... Um, that's why 
I enjoy these long conversations and, and spending time with people like Dave and, and, and being there in person and why it's so good going out in the bush. So I asked him a little bit about the hunting camp with, with Fitzy and Rosie and Dan um, Tong. You know, what was that like? And um, yeah, I think it was a pretty cool cool thing that he said about Rosie and Dan, that those are two people that bring out the best in each other and having had a little bit of time hanging out with them at the Deerstalkers at Hastings, I absolutely concur. And um, those are two quality humans, um, definitely the positive sides of, of social media. And, and I'm super lucky that I haven't had too much of, of the negative. I think I've only had one person comment on a photo and call me a shitbag. Not like a whole um, old Lucy Jane, you know, house burns down, she gets a whole bunch of death threats, like, golly, ethical and empathetic vegans, my ass, far out. But yeah, let's not end on negative. Um, thanks for listening. And I'm, and I'm glad that, you know, this probably helps communicate where Dave's been and, and what he's been up to and, and what he continues to be about. And um, if you have been one of those epic people that checked in on them on the messages, I know I did, um, and didn't get replies, uh, know that he's doing bloody awesome and um, and that's cool. Um, yeah, and I'm sure he appreciates all your messages, but sometimes... Um, when things get the better of you, it's just best to uh, leave them alone. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you're the awesome people that reach out like that, then you're also the awesome people that understand what, what someone's going through. And, and um, yeah, cheers. That's why it's awesome when people slide into your DMs in a positive way. And um, I welcome them. And I guess I'm lucky that I haven't had negative shit come along because don't need that goes to what Dave said there at the end. Doesn't define me, so don't bring it along. Chirp, another episode done. Queuing up a few. Now this was a day day and a half late, but sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to organise these things. But cheers, thanks for hanging tight. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. If you've been giving it a review, you're a bloody legend. And uh, catch you next time on Stag Raw. Cheers.